Hello, and welcome to This One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Brian Johnson. We are so glad you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are slowing down to explore the idea and practice of foreboding joy. Um, Now, I imagine, uh, much like myself, uh, folks are going, what? Is foreboding joy? <laughs> yeah, right. It, it it sounds it sounds kind of foreboding, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> looming over you. That's right. Um, which is the opposite, uh, you know, my own perspective of joy. But really, what what we're getting at is um, being fully present in the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 idea that you just said that that description of looming over you. That's exactly what foreboding joy is, right? It's this idea that there is something that is looming over our our moments of joy that that don't allow us to fully enjoy them and that don't allow us to to be fully present. So that that image of looming is spot on. Um, now 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 this this idea comes about from Brene Brown. Uh, this is not uh, uh, original to to Stephen or Bryant, but it comes about from. Uh, Brene Brown, um, most specifically spelled out in her book, Daring Greatly. Um, I'm going to give you just a quick definition that will kind of help, I think, set the stage for this. So the, the definition is a paradoxical dread that clamps down on joyful moments. Um, Brian, what does that say to you? Yeah, I, th- I think that's just it, is there is so much other stuff in our lives that I think we worry about that we focus on, um, that we're concerned with, that takes us out of the current moment and really robs us of the joy that we should be experiencing. Um, you know, almost, it, of course, this you find this uh, kind of language in multiple places from scripture to conversations to movies, but almost like a thief in the night, right? Yeah. That, um, takes the thing that should be ours. Yeah. Um, the difference is that we are really complicit in in that uh, looming, um, that thing that's looming over the joy and, and kind of taking it from us. We're complicit in that um, in so many ways, devices, yeah. attention, thinking about tomorrow, yep. thinking about groceries, thinking about, you know, every other task that's that's on our list. Um, each of those can take us out of the moment and, and then steal us of the thing that we should be experiencing yeah. at that time, right? Yeah, Brene talks about, it's kind of interesting, Brene talks about... Um, when we experience joy, uh, in order to truly experience joy, we have to be vulnerable. Uh, and because, because to truly experience joy, you have to let all of your defenses down to, to let that joy kind of fully wash over you. And so she talks about foreboding joy as the act of minimizing vulnerability by rehearsing tragedy. And so you're sitting there and you're, and, and, you know, what, one of the examples that she uses that I think a lot of us can identify with, especially if you have kids, um, is you, you go, uh, into your child's room late at night. I, I did this just last night. I, I walked into my son's room. Uh, he had the light on still. I was going to go ahead and tell him to turn the light off, but he was lying there, um, so peacefully asleep. Uh, and I just walked in, I stared there and I stood there and I just looked at him and I was just overcome with just love and joy just to see him just peacefully sleeping there with the light shining down on him and, and knowing that, that he is just there and, and beautiful and taken care of. And, and what Brene, so Brene will use that example 
And then she'll talk about how so many parents will then start to imagine all the horrible things that can happen to their children and start to become fearful uh, because they see them and they see their child in this, this just beautiful, harmonious state. And then they start to imagine uh, the, the bad things. So it's that act of minimizing vulnerability by rehearsing tragedy. It's all those what ifs. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I play those games as well. Um, but it's the most frustrating piece is the like, well, what if this happened? Yeah. Well, what if that happened? Well, what if this takes place? Then, then what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, <laughs> I don't know if there's any way to measure it, but I wonder how much time gets wasted on what if. Yeah. Um, and really, uh, how many of those what ifs ever actually uh, come true? Uh, it's got to be small. Well, no, that that's exactly right. Yeah, and and you know we we live in a culture where we are, we're, it's a fearful culture. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast when we talked about fear, and it's a fearful culture, and uh, it's a culture of scarcity. And so, if we're always walking around thinking about uh, what could go wrong or how we might not have enough then it's very difficult just to sit and be here, be present, uh, and enjoy the goodness and, and joy that's that's all around us. Um, I, you know, I, when, when I read this book, I read this book, gosh, probably, probably about 10 months ago. And uh, I didn't have verbiage to describe or to talk about what it was that I was experiencing. Um, but uh, it, this book hit me like a ton of bricks, maybe more uh, maybe more impactful than any book I've read in the past 10 years. At least it's in the top three. Uh, mm. Because <clears throat> I was uh, I had been working my current job uh, for for a while. I had been doing it full time for a while and uh, I was finding that, uh, I, you know, I travel pretty much every Monday. I have to get on a plane uh, or go somewhere pretty much every Monday. And I'm usually gone for about three days. And uh, the weekend would come. Friday would come. My kids would come home from school. And I, was look, I would look so forward to my kids coming home from school because I knew, all right, we got Friday, we've got Saturday, we've got Sunday, and we are just going to be together. We're going to have so much fun because I hate, hate, hate leaving my family. Uh, it's, it's the thing that brings me more, more anger and sadness and anxiety than really anything else in my life. And I would always look so forward to Friday getting there. They'd get home from school and I would enjoy it for maybe an hour. And then all of a sudden my stomach would turn. I would start to become depressed. I'd start to become sad. And it was because all I could think about was I've got to get up early Monday morning. I'm not even going to be able to tell them goodbye. I'm going to have to get up. I'm going to have to drive to the airport. I'm going to have to get on a plane. I'm going to have to be gone for three days. You know, and all and and I would start to live in that narrative through the whole weekend, be depressed, be down, be sad, and miss those moments with my kids because I was looking, I was fearing what was going to come, and it forced me not to live in that present moment and truly take in the joy that was surrounding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, there is a way to measure it, right? Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. you, yeah, for me. almost 72 hours. Yeah, that's right. Of, right. Um, and I, I think I know you well enough that all 72 hours were uh, probably not wasted in, in that sense. Right. Um, but 
um, still, there is a way to, to measure it when we look at it personally of the amount of time that, um, that we're missing or skipping or leaving in, uh, you know, in the wake of anxiety or uh, worry or concern or, or the what-ifs uh, that we yeah. mentioned before. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. There's so much that comes from, um, from being present. And I think this, this is what you're getting at and what you have um, realized. I don't, I don't intend to speak for you, Stephen. It's not my, um, <laughs> not, not my reasoning here, but, <laughs> but we don't want to miss out. Yeah, I mean, right. really, right? Like, you don't want to miss out on the moment. Um, we want to take in all that is around us. We mm-hmm. want to take in um, the conversations, the people, um, the world that surrounds us. Yeah. Um, and the only way to be to be present in that is to set all that other stuff aside. Yeah. Um, and I, I, this is one of those places where like the the words are easy, the practice is hard. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. It's easy to say, you know what? Just just set the worry to the side mm-hmm. and uh, and experience the joy of the people that you were with yeah um, when there's you know 20 other things you got to get accomplished that day um, and the pressure of those and the the deadlines all that so I, I get it but the reasoning is um, if, if you don't do it you will miss out that's right yeah and then it and then it compounds that that's what I started to find is is I would miss out on the weekend mentally, right? And I would be there, you know, I'd be there, I'd be there physically, and and I would work really hard to, to be there mentally and emotionally for my kids. Even though in my head, my head was just going, "You're gonna have to get up at three in the morning on Monday. You're gonna have to get up at three in the morning on Monday. You're gonna miss them." You know, I was that constant voice in my head. So I'd work hard to be there uh, as best I could. But then what I found is that it would compound because then I would have to get up Monday morning leave, be gone for three days. Then I'd feel double guilty while I was gone because I was like, I didn't make the most of that moment, but but I'm going yeah. to this next weekend. And yeah. then I'd get to next weekend, I'd get into the cycle again, and it would just compound on itself. And, and really, it was guilt and shame would just yeah. compound on themselves to the point where I, I just got to a breaking point where I was just ready just to quit, um, quit everything I was doing, find a different job. Uh, I was so just wrought with anxiety and sadness. Um, and then I read this book uh, and, I, and I, you know, I had language um, and not only language, but I had technique too. And maybe we can talk about that in a little oh, bit. Interesting. Some of the yeah. things that some of the techniques that she that she gave. So, Brian, how do you see it? How do you see it playing out in your life? Do you do you do you deal with foreboding joy or or, or maybe the other thing is just not being fully present? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's. Uh, where I struggle the most is is not being fully present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the angle of this that um, that's the hardest for me. Um, and we see it, right? Like everybody's aware. You, you go to a restaurant, you look at the table next to you, yeah. um, it's full and everybody's on their phones, right? So yep. silly example, but it's all around us all the time. And that is where I think just as a culture, we struggle to be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, for me, there's a couple of things. One is, um, being fully present in the moment for me leads me to self, uh, self-evaluation, right? Mm-hmm. leads me to look at the places where, um, where I'm doing well, the areas of my life where I need to grow. Um, it gives me space to reflect on the world around me. Um, and so it, um, what, it, what I'm getting at is, 
when we're fully present in the moment, Stephen, there is a benefit for ourselves yeah. um, that we receive in that. Yeah. And so for me, it's the reflection, it's the growth, it's the awareness of what's going on around me, it's the awareness of, of people. Maybe that leads us to sympathy or empathy mm-hmm. um, as we're lead, listening to stories. It, maybe it leads us to laughter because, gosh, uh, it's hard to laugh if you're not paying attention, right? That's right. It's hard to... <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but... The other thing I have noticed um, in my own life, and I said this when we talked about gratitude, Mm -hmm. there's a sense for me of being fully present that is selfish Mm -hmm. because I benefit from being in the moment. Right. There's also a stage at which that transitions to others benefit from me being fully present in the moment. Yeah. Um, and the selfishness gets set aside. And I think that's the thing when, you know, using the restaurant example, that's the thing I see there so much is that it's not just that folks aren't fully present. They're not present for the people who they are with. Yeah. Right. And, and that is, that is a struggle. Um, you know, it's a really silly, tacky kind of joke about like, um, Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present, right? Like <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> it's so terrible, right? But it's true, right? But it's it is. There's truth in it, yeah. right? And so, terrible like, <laughs> your presence with other people truly is a gift to them. Um, you're offering yourself. You're offering your vulnerability. You're offering your yep. time. You're offering your emotion. You're offering um, just uh, just simply being there with folks. Mm-hmm. Um, Jewish uh, folks have a, a practice called uh, sitting shiva. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you say it properly. Yep. Um, where really the whole thing is in time of grief, you're present. Yeah. You're not, you're not telling them how to resolve it. Maybe you talk about that. Right. You're not telling them to get over the grief. You're not telling them it will get better. You're just offering yourself. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, so traditionally there is this sense that presence is important that has gone on for thousands of years. Um, people have missed it throughout the years. Yeah. Um, but gosh, gosh, it's a practice that I feel like we really got to get back to, and the challenge has never been greater. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on, um, especially about the challenge has never been greater, because up until, you know, up until the past 20, 30 years, um, you didn't really have a choice uh, in terms of your presence. I mean, you could you could drift off in thought, right? You could you could kind sure. of drift off in thought, but in terms of true engagement, you you didn't really have a choice. I mean, you were you were where your feet were, right? <laughs> um, which, by the way, I think is a solution. Um, whenever you feel yourself wanting to go somewhere else, uh, whether it's yeah. through technology or through thought. Yeah. Um, look at where your feet are and and um, make a resolution that you'll stay there, right? Mm. I know for me that's a helpful practice. But but up until the past, let's say thirty years, thirty forty years, you I mean that that really wasn't an option. But now with mobile devices, with iPads, with cell phones, with the internet, with um, you know music devices that you can that you can you know zone out and listen to music on, all these all these. Unbelievable. I mean, you can watch TV anywhere. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I sometimes when I'm driving back from somewhere, uh, you know, there'll be a football game on. I'll just pull up Sling on my phone, put it on my dashboard, and I can listen to the to the game. I, I try not to watch the game, but I can, you know, <laughs> that might don't try have, this at home. That kids. may have been a confession. <laughs> um, but uh, 
but it's true though, right? Up until about yeah. 30 years ago, we had to be where we were. And yeah. now we can be anywhere else in the entire world. And so that it like you said, now more than ever, this this practice of being fully present is is so difficult and so important. Um, to 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 just doing life well. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's it it's such a um it's such a trick. It's such a, uh, gosh, there's a word for it where, you know, like the thing is uh, you're being told the one thing and then what you find is actually something different, right? So like yeah. Facebook Live, the, the idea behind it is that, gosh, um, this thing can be live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Little guy's having so much fun. He's having a good day. Um where this thing can happen somewhere across the world, right, on, on Facebook Live, and you can be present in the moment and just as engaged as, as if you were there. That, right. That's the promise. Yeah. Um, but in reality, we, we haven't made it to that place. In reality, that thing's happening halfway across the world. That's right. We're offering, and many times, just sarcastic commentary and uh, making jokes and insults about what's happening rather than actually even being present in that. Yep. And then we forget the world right here that we're in yeah. uh, is, is even around us. Um, it makes me think of a fantastic, awesome, amazing book, Ready Player One. I don't know if you've read that. No, I haven't. I haven't seen the movie either. I, I, I want to read and see the movie. So um, in Ready Player One, it's this hypothetical world of where uh, people are more engaged in this online game. Right than they are in the, the world around them. And the world around them is collapsing mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. Um, but it centers, on, <laughs> it centers on the idea that um, people are not present, actually, mm-hmm. right. in the world. They're present in some other place than, than where they are. Um, I'm a big fan of video games. I'm a big fan of the book. It's awesome, wonderful. But that's the center of the story. Yeah. It's this lack of being present where we are and being present somewhere else. Um, and that's what happens, um, you know, like at the dinner table, uh, yeah, at the restaurant, right. going back to that example, right? Family of four, they're all, all there. Everybody's on their devices and, uh, and they're present with somebody else. Yeah. They're present in another place. Um, they're, present in social media or present in a game world or present somewhere else than where they actually are. Yeah. And that gets back to the, the thing you're talking about, right? Like that's where it robs us of the, the experience that we're currently in the middle of, yeah. um, or the experience that we could be having. Um, I've seen it, seen it at Disney world, right? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you're at Disney world. It kills me, man. You're at the happiest, <laughs> you're, you're literally at the happiest place on earth. <laughs> and you want to be somewhere else. Come on, man. <laughs> Killing me. <laughs> Give me your ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Well, and you know, in our culture, we have this, uh, we have this term, FOMO, right? FOMO <laughs> means fear of missing out. What's so amazing about FOMO is the fear of missing out is actually causing us to miss out. Yeah, that's right. Right? If we're sitting somewhere and, and you know, you, you that's generally... You know, why people are on their phones and doing things because they're, they're afraid they're going to miss out on something else, something that's happening somewhere else with someone else. And that 
fear of missing out, that FOMO is actually causing them to miss out on the only thing they can truly experience, which is the thing that's right in front of them. Because they, they can't fully experience whatever it is that, you know, is happening on Facebook, on Facebook Live, on, uh, uh, you know, on Instagram, on, on, on something that's happening somewhere else. They can't fully experience that. The one thing they can fully experience is the thing that's happening where their feet are planted. And that's the one thing they're, they're missing out on. It's, it's such a paradox. Um, and, and, and we've been, I, I just, I don't, I don't even think we've been tricked. I just, I feel like we've been lulled to sleep almost, um, mm. in, in terms of, of being present, uh, and, and being where we are. It's, 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 it's terrifying. Yeah. So this whole idea of FOMO, uh, I, th- I, I think I really do. I think this is also the place in which we betray our relationships as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that we betray the people we're closest with because we're, yeah. we're afraid we're going to miss out on something else. Um, yeah. And so even the ones we're closest to, um, we are willing to hurt or, or crush um, yeah. to some extent um, because, gosh, we don't want to miss out on this, whatever that right. is, right? right? Whatever that is. And, and that's another podcast. That's another conversation. Um, but I just want to make the mark of like, oh, yeah. And by the way, yeah. um, there are other implications um, of, of like giving in to this fear of missing out um, that are beyond just like, Oh gosh, they're at the concert and I'm not. Oh, right. I wish I was there, right? Like, uh, there's much more um, that can uh, take place. But like I said, that's another conversation. We should come back to that. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, make 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 a note, right? Yeah, it really is. It's painful. Um, it's painful to watch it happen. Uh, but I pick up uh, a group of kids from middle school, and they will get in the car, and my daughter included in this, and they will get in the car, and they will all jump on their phones, and start texting and um, looking at different social media stuff and and they they will get in the car get on their phones and start doing that and I, I just look back and say guys put your phones down you're here don't you don't need to be anywhere else you're, you're in the car with me um, you're making me feel lonely get off your phones and let's talk about the day and so I'll start peppering them with questions how was the day how was math how did the test go and amazingly enough, they start to engage, um, but their natural inclination is to get in the car and automatically uh, jump on their phone. So if you're a parent and you do carpool like I do, uh, uh, try that this week. Uh, when they get in the car, tell them, say, put the phones down. Uh, I want to hear about your day and start to ask them very specific questions so they have to respond. And don't don't ask questions where they can say yes, no, or okay. Uh, ask them questions where they have to actually respond to you. Yeah. Um, but I got, I got a couple of uh, kind of tips and techniques that that I got from um, from Brene Brown uh, when she's talking about this. I'd I'd love to share because, you know, on, on the podcast we don't want to just talk about the problem. We want to talk about um, the the solution or some solutions. Uh, you know, for, for when Brene Brown talks about it, she likes to bring up uh, three kind of ways to. To, to kind of work against this. Uh, and, and the first one is joy comes to us in the moments, ordinary moments. Uh, we risk missing out, missing out on joy when we get too busy chasing down the extraordinary. And uh, I, I find that's really helpful for me uh, because in my head, I, I ever since I was a little kid, I've always had this notion of, Stephen, you need to do something great. And anytime I'm doing something ordinary, I feel like, I'm wasting my time. Hmm. And so I get this, I get this thing in my head where 
it was really hard for me when I turned uh, 33 for some reason. Uh, because like Jesus died when he was thirty three, I was like, look at all the things Jesus did. I haven't done, I haven't done anything. And then I look at you know Martin Luther King made his made his I have a dream speech in his twenties, and I was like, man, I suck. I'm a, I, I've not done anything. And so, but that that mindset was always in my head, and I would I would miss out on the ordinary moments, hoping for the extraordinary moments. And 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 what Brene says is that joy comes in to us in the ordinary moments. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's funny. So I, <laughs> I think I'm the opposite, Stephen, where I think like <laughs> everything I do is great. And really it's just all mediocre, right? Like <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> the totally opposite problem. Where I'm like, wasn't that awesome? And people are like, eh, it's, you know, I've, I've seen better. <laughs> Basically we both need therapy. <laughs> We just need to hang out more and we'll balance each other out. Right? <laughs> the, the second thing she talks about is being grateful for what we have. Um, and <clears throat> I, I think that's so important, um, especially, you know, we talked about it a little earlier, that it's easy for us to live in this culture of fear, uh, in this culture of scarcity. And when we live in a culture of fear and scarcity, uh, it's really easy to not be grateful for the things we have, uh, to, to actually be and instead of being grateful for the things we have, we find ourselves depressed about the things that we don't have. Uh, and so she talks about just being grateful uh, for the things that are in front of you and the things that we have. Uh, and then the third kind of technique, uh, the third tip that she she talks about uh, is don't squander joy. Um, she talks about, you know, we, we can't prepare for tragedy and loss. Um, and so, and you know, as much as we think we can, we really can't prepare for tragedy and loss. Um, there's no way to. Uh, and when we do, all we do is we, we squander the joy that we have because we get so hyper-focused on the things that could happen, the things that aren't happening, uh, and and we just forget to be fully present. So um, those are three, three tips that she gives us uh, that I think are so important. Joy comes in the ordinary moments. Be grateful for what you have, and don't squander joy. So, uh, so Brian, um, you know those are the three that that Brene gives us. What what about you? Do you have any tips or, or techniques for either overcoming foreboding joy or um, or just how to be present in the moment? Yeah, I think um, I think it's it, it comes out of practice. Um, I think if this is a place where where we struggle, um, it really. Uh, will improve. It will get better. It will get easier with with practice. Um, it's not something that all of a sudden you're just going to be fully present uh, for the rest of the day. You may have those moments, right? Like it is right. like uh, revealing moments of like, oh yeah, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a practice because all those other things that you're trying to set aside, um, anxiety, worry, tasks, responsibilities, yeah. um, whatever is is looming um, on you. Um, it's going to take practice to leave those behind and to set those down to be in that very moment. Um, so I'd say one, realize that you're going to have to practice this. It will get easier over time. Um, and then the other thing is it, it takes intentional work. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I've mentioned before, uh, my wife and I, if we go for a walk in the evening, um, we will agree, you know, we'll look at each other and are we taking a phone. No. 
All right, let's go. Right. Um, And, and so it's that intentional of like, I'm going to leave behind these other things that also challenge me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know, like <laughs> having the TV on and, uh, uh, you know, watching, uh, Westworld, I, I think you've, <laughs> you've seen some of that. I love uh, Westworld. If you think watching that show and having a conversation, um, with your spouse or with a friend, is all going to happen at the same time. Yeah. Um, we're, we're probably, uh, deceiving ourselves, right? So That's like right. sit down on the couch, turn off the TV, yeah. um, or just go to another room who doesn't like to hang out in the kitchen, right? So, um, <laughs> so those are the things I, I, yeah. I would encourage folks with. Is one, it's going to take practice and it's going to take time. Um, if you struggle to be present in the moment, it's going to take time to get to a place where you feel comfortable um, just being in the moment. I actually think we become, um, you know, if you're worried about productivity, I think we actually become more productive. I think we become mm-hmm. better people. I think our lives are settled in a new way. We find peace um, yeah. by by being present. So, um, one, it's going to take time. Two, it's going to take intentional uh, work as well yeah. um, to recognize, like, okay, this is a moment uh, that needs me. Um, this is a moment that deserves me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be intentional about that and to set aside everything else that really doesn't demand your attention at that moment. Um, so those are the those are the two pieces I would add. Yeah, this is a moment that deserves me, and, and this is a moment I deserve, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I deserve to be present and not pulled in a million different directions. What what I think too that happens is when we are when we are pulled somewhere else, when we're experiencing FOMO, what we're also doing is we are devaluing our situation, uh, our moment that we're in, and we're beginning the comparison game. Um, because that's what you do, right? You go, oh, I could be there. And you start comparing this moment to a moment somewhere else. And that is never healthy. That, yeah. that will never yeah. end in a good place. Well, and, and the flip side of that is that you, you deserve my presence as well. Yeah. Um, yep. If we're in the room, you deserve it as well. And, and I know some of our, our folks are single folks. I know some of our folks are married folks, right? Like your yeah. spouse deserves your presence. Yeah. Um, that's the a kids part. deserve your presence. Yeah. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah. Um, they need it. They desire it. Um, and so we're, yeah, so much of this, we're not just robbing ourselves of, but we're robbing other people of as well. And, and people that we have said, said to, I will be present with you. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's that, that piece of it too that, um, gosh, yeah, we make it sound easy, Stephen. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Stephen, uh, this week, uh, gosh, we received a lot of great comments and questions and feedback um, about this topic uh, from our friends on uh, social media. Absolutely. And man, we just got a ton this week uh, from folks. It, it seemed to really strike a chord. You know, each week we'll spend some time in the show sharing your, the listening audience's ideas and questions about this week's topic. Uh, if you'd like to hear your ideas or questions on the show, uh, we'd love for you to interact with us on social media, at, uh, on Facebook at This One Good Life. You can go and like our page, uh, or you can email us at info at thisonegoodlife.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a ton, ton, ton of comments and questions and and really uh we 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 posed a question uh on social media uh that just asked finish the sentence i struggle to be fully present because dot 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 
And that is really where we got the, the vast majority of folks uh, chiming in. So I figure let's just let's just read through some of these uh, because there, there are so many good ones. And maybe we can kind of kind of talk about uh, a few of them. I was going to say my favorite is from Godfrey203 on yep. Instagram. Uh, we are of like minds, Godfrey. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he said, I think it's he. Uh, yep. I let things rent space in my head that don't matter. Yeah. And I uh, I heard somebody say it like this at, at another time. It's like, I don't have room in my head for that. Yeah. Uh, it just resonates with me. I love that he said that. I, I love that there's this, uh, this sense of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing is taking up space. Yeah. I actually have room for. It sounds like minimalism a little bit, uh, yeah. but in a different way. Godfrey, uh, you are the man. <laughs> Yep. Or the woman. Yep, it's it's Craig. <laughs> Shout Craig, out to Craig. You are the man. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, and uh, actually, a, a friend of ours uh, who runs another podcast on youth ministry, um, uh, a guy named Zach. Uh, he says, uh, "My phone lets me be everywhere else." Uh, and man, talking about talking about, you know, again, it's it's this double edged sword. Your phone lets you go to different places, which is so cool, but it also kind of lures you everywhere else besides your present. So I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is uh, kind of tricky too. And, and wow, what great like personal insight um, yeah. from JBA 66 MBA um, <laughs> who says my, my interior uh, and kind of talking about ego is uh, too often listening for clues on how I can intervene instead mm-hmm. of giving the person a chance to clarify and hear themselves identify what they need. Like how, gosh, like how many times are we thinking yeah. about like, Ooh, I got to tell this story um, rather than actually listening. And then you tell a story and they're like, I don't understand. How does that yeah. fit in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good for a podcast, right? Or else we just have a lot of, <laughs> dead space. a lot of dead space that we'd have to edit out. But yeah, in, in conversations, uh, so many times we're just waiting to, to be able to say our thing and not really taking in what, what everybody else is saying. Uh, Mia says, sometimes the present lets me down. Uh, in a way, I have more control when I can focus on what's come before or what lies ahead instead of embracing the moment, be it good or bad. And I, man, what, what great insight uh, coming from Mia um, that a lot of times uh, we, we, we don't have control over this moment. Uh, and, and for a lot of people, that's, that's a really scary thing. Well, and uh, Brian... Uh, a little further down on that same post. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, somebody else responded to him. I'm not, not sure what they said, but he said it's often too painful to stay in that space. Mm. I think he's exactly right. Um, sometimes that that is exactly the case, and we want to move away from the pain. I think the pain has purpose, but uh, we want to get away from that. But then he says, and there are too many presence, uh, mm. too many places to be present that all demand equal attention. Um, and I might push back a little bit here with Brian to say that if, if everything equally demands our attention, um, then none of it's really that important. Yeah, it, that's right. Right? Like it all can't be of the same importance. That's right. Um, I just personally have found that really hard to, um, to recognize that, um, everything's equally important in that sense. Um, certainly people are all important. I, I don't mean to dismiss that. Um, right. And our work with other people, I think, uh, of course, that's the case. Um, but it, but in my life, right, like, um, wife, my wife will come first um, mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. every time. Yep. 
Yep. Um, and so that's a place where I have to be present and that always will take priority. Yeah. Um, you know, so anyways, I, I struggle with that. There's probably more to Brian's story um, than that one statement. I, I think that's always the case. Sure. <laughs> so I may be disagreeing with something um, that I don't fully capture or understand yet, but I do well, it's think exhausting if, though, it, right? Oh, for sure. It's exhausting for everything to have the same precedence in your life. It, it well, it's 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 untenable. You you, you cannot maintain that. Um, that. That's right. Uh, friend Shelley says uh, uh, she has a hard time uh, being fully present because sometimes the uh, because the present we are in is sometimes too exhausting. And she talks about as as a woman, uh, as an LGBTQIA person. Uh, the, just being in the present can just be so exhausting and focusing on, uh, on the possibilities of the future and how I can try to make it better gets me through the day. So, you know, um, she, she's talking about using, looking outside of the present as a, uh, as a coping mechanism and as a way to get through the present. And I, I can understand that in some ways, right? Uh, when, when the present is, is full of pain, uh, it, it can be helpful to look at, you know, we, we call that hope, right? To, mm-hmm. to look at, a, at mm-hmm. a possible future. What I would warn against, though, is, uh, uh, and I'm not saying this necessarily to Shelly, but I know for myself, uh, if something's painful, it's easy for me to look at a possible future and not not deal with the pain, right? Uh, and and my personality type is very easy for me to push away pain, sure. uh, instead of to hold it close and and to and to let it teach me what it needs to teach me and then move past it. So I, I hear where Shelly's coming from. I'm not necessarily saying that to her, but I know in my life, uh, it's very easy for me to push pain away instead of let it teach me the lessons it needs to it needs to teach me. Yeah, and then it, it then it sneaks up, right? It sneaks up and yeah. gets expressed in some other form, and uh, we don't even know. Uh, usually yeah. sometimes at that point, right? Like they say, uh, you, you can experience hip pain um, because you have something wrong with your ankle. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's the same emotionally, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and a couple of people have pointed this out in, in different places. Um, but but Leslie, you know, makes a good point as well that um, it is difficult to be present in a moment where you are constantly challenged or insulted yeah. or put down or disrespected um, or forgotten about. Um, and really the, what a great question to, to ask about like, how do we, how, how should we be present in the moments that really just don't express concern or care, mm. um, for us? Um, does that deserve our presence? Um, and gosh, I, I think the question's better than, than the answer. Maybe I, I just don't yeah. have any kind of, um, grounding for that, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I think that's right. It's what do you do in those in those moments? Um, I I love what uh, Garen says. He says, apparently, I have been led to believe life is really happening mm. elsewhere, yeah. and that I mean, it gives me cold chills. I think it's expressed so beautifully. I've been I've been led to believe that life is really happening elsewhere, um, and 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 the truth of that statement is no, the only life that you can live is the one where you are present. Um, you know, Katie says, I struggle to relax if there's anything on my to-do list. <laughs> me too, I think, me too. Yep, yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> it's so hard because, and, and, and you know, I think Katie would, would respond to this. 
there will always be something else to do. There will always be uh, uh, something on the to-do list. There's always work that's left undone. And, and I think part of what we get to do on the show is, is permission giving. Here's the permission guys. If, If you are sitting in that camp where you're saying, I cannot relax because there is always something else to do. Here's your permission. There will always be something else to do. And it doesn't mean it's yours to do. There will always be something left undone, and it doesn't mean that it's yours to make it complete. Mm. Well, maybe the the best place to wrap it up is uh, with uh, Patrick's comment: "Squirrel." <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes, and maybe for maybe for a lot of folks, um, it's just easy to get distracted, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's just easy to get distracted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. our friends. I mean, if even, yeah. You just saw my desk right now. I've got two computers <laughs> up in front of me. I've got my phone here with me. Uh, and, yeah. and the coffee cup is empty. And that yeah. is uh, every 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 time I glance over, I'm thinking yeah. like, i got to get back downstairs, man. <laughs> Well, even I mean, man, I, it's that's right. So silly, but I, that, it's a but prime that tells example. us about how we should set up our spaces, right? How yes. we should how we should live, like and 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 not only our physical spaces, but our mental spaces. Like I'm sitting here right now, looking at the clock, and um, I, I've got to go to a doctor's appointment here in just a little bit. It's my first doctor's appointment, uh, my first checkup. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. In 20 years, okay. It's been it's been since I was 18 years old since I've had a checkup. You want to talk about foreboding joy, uh. dude? It's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, basically, I'm gonna just walk in here and pay these people a thirty dollar copay to tell me I have six weeks to live. That that that's that's what's running through my head right now. I mean, yeah. So there's a little real time um, example of of that's awesome of what's happening. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for all those incredible comments and questions on on social media. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, engaging with you and are engaging with us. We we love engaging with you all. Uh, last week, um, and would love to hear from you uh, again this week as well. Yeah, next week on the podcast, um, really, what we're going to be talking about is the emotion that exists behind the emotion. Yeah. Um, another another way to say it is, uh, you know, listening beyond the words, um, yeah, hearing what's right. happening behind the thing that's actually happening. Um, again, it's something, uh, and we'll get into this next week, but it's it's something that is um, challenging and difficult. But when we do it, our relationships will thrive. Um, so I certainly would love to hear from you on our social media feeds, especially on Facebook at this one good life or through email. Um, and you can send those to info at thisonegoodlife.com. Yeah. And finally this week, we will dive into some of mine and Brian's recommendations for you all. Yeah, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff we're discovering in our lives that will hopefully add beauty and goodness to yours. Stephen, uh, what do you have to recommend for us this week? Yeah, I've got two pieces uh, that, that I want to point out. Um, the first one's probably going to be obvious. It's a book, uh, and it's the book that I talked about earlier in the podcast, um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. The subtitle is How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. Uh, this book, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, this book came about uh, in a time in my life that was... Uh, really, really difficult, really kind of dark, uh, a, a time that uh, I, I really believe if I didn't have this book, 
uh, I would be in a much different place mentally, spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically. Uh, I would be in a very, very different place than I am now. Um, it, it is it is a beautiful book. It is a profound book. Uh, it's about 300 pages. Uh, I want to encourage you uh, when you pick this book up uh, to not try to speed read the book, but really just take some time and marinate uh, in it. It has so many lessons to teach us. Uh, it has so many life skills and lessons, and, and it's a really reflective book. Uh, so take your time with it. Um, this is the book that I will never write. Uh, I've written three books, and when I read this book, I thought to myself, I will never write this good of a book mm. um, because it is so well-researched, so well-put-together, and literally every page is profound. So uh, the, my first recommendation is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Uh, the second recommendation is actually something that came about while I was reading this book. I started to journal uh, every day, and I'm not a journaler. Uh, that's that's <laughs> not something that I do. Uh, but I realized as I was starting to read that book that I needed to, because mm. I needed to be able to process through the book, through my own thoughts, and through my um, uh, the changes that I was feeling and the changes that I would eventually make. And I needed a place to, to document that and to process through that. Uh, so I kind of, I called it journaling through joy um, and, and learning how to be uh, joyful uh, and, 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 um, and do so in using a lot of the techniques that, um, that Brene gives. So if you're going to read the book, which I hope you do, I would encourage you to, to just get a, get a moleskin or get a journal or get some paper and, uh, and, and kind of journal through that experience. Cause uh, even now, as I read back through that stuff, uh, I see one, how important it was, but also two, how far, uh, I've, I've come, uh, through that. So, so Brian, what about you? What, what, what are your, uh, what are your recommendations for this week? Yeah. Um, first let me support the, uh, the journaling thing. Um, I have gone through phases of journaling in my life. When I look back, those, um, I've journaled in the most emotional moments of my mm. life. Mm. Um, so in times of great loss or, um, uh, a deep new experience, mm-hmm. um, that's where I found myself drawn to journal. And then, you know, it lasts for a, a week or so in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, uh, and then it fades. Um, but yeah, my, so my recommendation is, is just that go outside, take a walk, be intentional, set aside everything that distracts you. Yeah. Um, if you live in the mountains, drive to drive to the mountains, take a hike outside. Mm -hmm. Um, but intentionally set aside time to be present in where you are in that moment. I, I love hiking. Um, that's a good space to be present, to look around, to be in awe, um, yeah. to only be focused on the very next step that yeah. I have to take. Um, so that's my recommendation uh, to you and, and to a friend. Says, uh, yeah, yeah, go go outside. Just yeah. go go outside and, and be there. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I grew up in the country, and so literally, I was I was outside every day. Uh, all, as a kid, I was outside every day, all day. Um, just played out in the woods, and um, and I live in the city now. And uh, uh, but you can make spaces, right? You can make spaces yeah. even yep. if you live in the city. Um, uh, that that are that are full of nature and full of goodness, and and the real thing is to get out and breathe, right? Yep. Just get away from devices and technology and all the things that are pulling you in a million different directions, and look where your feet are and be there. 
That's it. Yeah, that's, that's a great it. recommendation, Brian. Well, that uh, that about does it uh, for this week's show. Uh, we are so grateful that you have chosen to join us for this podcast. Yeah, and as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week.